0: lock and load this is steve dace the steve day show
1: and greetings happy monday welcome to the steve day show live and on demand here on that was a little abrupt live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast i am steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin, and he is Aaron McIntyre. We are back after a good weekend. Hopefully, you are back here with us as well, Aaron. You have a sour look on your face. What's going on over there? We're good. We're good. Okay.
2: All Sorry, right. my microphone wasn't on while I was trying to adjust yours. So all I could do is have a sour look and keep pressing buttons. All
1: right. Well, that just so you know, hosting 101. When your producer has the look on his face that mine just had, it it. I can pretty much power through anything, but that is a distraction. That's usually the look of disaster uh, forthcoming. We're good though; we can carry on. I think so. Okay. All right. Um, we have a jam-packed show for you here today, and but first and foremost, uh, you guys may notice the the shirts that uh, all three of us are wearing here today. Um, that uh, you see, I have one on. Todd has one on. Aaron has one on, uh, and they say Team Katie uh, on the shirts. And here's why, uh, because there is a family in West Virginia, and yep, the shirts are West Virginia Mountaineer colors. Um, there is a family in West Virginia uh, who's a big fan of our shows, uh, and uh, the the wife Amanda says the husband, who she didn't give the name for, uh, is a big fan of the show. So, Mister Price, I guess, will give you a shout out. Uh, your wife didn't bother to drop your name for, so, um, but uh, we gave you a Mister a Mister Price, and then Amanda. Uh, And then their daughter, Katie. Um, She was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. That's a form of of bone cancer uh, over Memorial Day weekend. And she's uh, an athlete, heavily involved in school and in church. Now they're not sure if she can even start high school this fall. Uh, She was scheduled to begin uh, therapy on June 20th. She has two more surgeries and a knee replacement to go as well. So she is literally... Katie is in the fight of her life. So we wanted to wear these shirts today uh, just to give that family as much encouragement uh, as we can. Uh, They were kind enough to send these shirts to us, and uh, they look great. And it's been almost a month since her therapy began. Uh, I've not gotten an update, otherwise I would pass it along to you. But I'm hoping, uh, praying and trusting that things are going well and that uh, Katie is... uh, is winning this fight against osteosarcoma. So we wanted to wear these shirts here today uh, just as a way of giving the Price family in West Virginia some encouragement and a shout out and to know that no matter what, you are definitely not alone. The mediocre-sized audience that is watching and listening to us right now has your back. All right, so we wanted to say that first and foremost before we did anything else today. We have a jam-packed show lined up for you. Um, At the bottom of this hour, I'm going to get into what transpired over the weekend at the Family Leadership Summit, because a lot transpired over the weekend, uh, including I got to spend a good deal of time with... uh, Yeah, only the guy that has the most influential and watched show on cable television right now, and that is Tucker Carlson, who was the keynote uh, for the event from Fox News. So I will relay as much of what transpired over the weekend, as much of that as I possibly can. Uh, next hour, we have the return of our "Ask Me Anything." Todd, I trust that you have selected some above-average to mediocre questions for us to answer for that segment next hour.
3: I and Aaron did as well this time. He gave me an assist on the the Truth Social part, but yeah, there's some uh, from. There weren't many on the five stars, but though. Ones that were there may not even require us to get to the true social because I think they're pretty
1: deep. Pretty All solid right. Well, good. Next. Looking forward to those. Of course, you guys know the drill. I don't ever see these questions ahead of time. Todd, this time with some help from Aaron, selected the questions and we will get to those. No subject off limits. Just remember, there are no stupid questions, just stupid people who ask questions. Right. That's one of our mantras here on the program. No offense intended unless it was.
3: Let me clear up one thing because yes. it's. It, I just realized what I said out loud. There were a lot of five star reviews. There just weren't a lot of five-star reviews with a lot of questions.
1: Gotcha. Well, one of the things I wonder sometimes, because early in my career, like my first radio management, I asked them to give me some criticism. And they said, well, the way you discuss and frame things, you don't really leave a lot of things open for interpretation from people. You're pretty blunt. And you, you, you don't really leave it open that there could be a counter argument you said gee thanks i did i was like i thought i asked for criticism (laughs) okay i mean why would i present things that i wasn't ironclad sure were true now that doesn't mean that they are i'm not an oracle i'm not a prophet but i mean i wouldn't know i hope i would not knowingly present things that i that i don't know are true and then i worked longer in this business and realized oh yeah that's actually what a lot of people do all right so uh we will get to some of those questions maybe that makes it harder to get questions uh for us because we do kind of just speak thus speaketh zero and then leave you to deal with the consequence of whether you agree with that or not uh but we'll get to that coming up in the second hour of the show don't forget friends if recent events have not convinced you that you need to be prepared for that could never happen here when it happens here again contact our friends at my patriot supply get the three month emergency food kit from America's largest food preparedness company uh, they serve millions of Americans and this is packed with a wide variety of delicious meals three square meals a day plus snacks and drinks so you're full 2000 plus calories uh, for you and everyone in your household right now you can get it for $150 off plus free shipping that's $150 off plus free shipping right now uh, when you go to preparewithdace.com again that is preparewithdace.com and with that let us begin with aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away
2: what happened while we were away brought to you by the scarf queen dr deborah burks the former organizer of the white house coronavirus task force during the trump administration has a new book out where she explicitly brags about overstating, distorting, and misleading the White House and the public about the facts surrounding coronavirus. In her book titled Silent Invasion, Burks writes about her weekly COVID reports to state governors from the White House. These weekly reports were intended to inform coronavirus policy at the state level. She writes, quote, week by week, Pence Chief of Staff Mark Short's office began providing line-by-line edits. After the heavily edited documents were returned to me, I'd Reinsert what they had objected to, but place it in a different location. I'd also reorder and restructure the bullet points so the most salient, the points the administration objected to most, no longer fell at the start of the bullet points. I shared these strategies with the three members of the data team also writing these reports. Our Saturday and Sunday report writing routine soon became write, submit, revise, hide, resubmit. Fortunately, this strategic sleight of hand worked. End quote. Burks also reveals. Now, she knew in July of 2020 that the vaccines did not prevent reinfection. She also explicitly stated she was working to, quote unquote, subvert the guidance of Stanford's Dr. Scott Atlas and did so with the approval of then Vice President Mike Pence. Meanwhile, while Debbie Burks is out there selling her book and bragging about undermining the White House and cooking the books to keep the public scared, this 69-year-old grandmother with cancer was booked into federal prison late last week after being charged charged with trespassing during the events at the capitol on January 6th of last year.
3: Mom, how do you feel?
0: You're here. You're, uh, scared to death. I'm I'm frightened, but I know God's with me. i just got to take it 5 minutes at a time, one day at a time.
2: Learning Chinese today. Today's phrase is, "Hey Siri, how do you get John Brown?"
0: Hey Siri, 你是怎么找到约翰布朗的?
2: Moving on, NBC News, yes, NBC News tweets, a study found that 42% of people with regular menstrual cycles said they bled more heavily than usual after their COVID vaccination. Last week, the French embassy had a get-together in Washington, D.C. Here were America's representatives. For those of you listening, what we see is the artist formerly known as Richard Levine posing with sexual deviant Sam Brinton. Nancy Pelosi talked about efforts in some states to ban women seeking to kill their babies from traveling to other states to do so.
0: What do Republicans have in store next? You can't travel to buy a book. You can't travel to see a, a concert or a play. If they doesn't meet there, shall we say, i don't to use the word standards.
2: There's there. What a provision was tacked on to the upcoming National Defense Authorization Act that would provide amnesty for children of foreign visa workers it passed in the House of Representatives late last week. Sixty two Republicans voted in favor of amnesty, including newly elected Texas Congresswoman Myra Flores, Texas Congressman Michael McCall, Florida Congresswoman Maria Salazar, and North Carolina Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Checking in on Joe Biden's trip to the Middle East. For those of you listening, what we're watching is Joe Biden attempting to shake the hand of an invisible person. Casey Morell of NPR News tweets, some great company news. We're launching a disinformation team. NPR tweet from October 2020 regarding the Hunter Biden laptop store we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. NPR story from April of 2020. Scientists debunked lab accident theory of pandemic emergence. NPR story also from 2020. President Trump declined to condemn the actions of the suspected 17-year-old shooter of three protesters against police brutality in Kenosha, claiming without evidence that it appeared the gunman was acting in self-defense. And on and on it goes. Groomer update, this is an elementary school teacher.
1: I am an openly queer teacher. Now, I don't stand in front of my elementary students and be like, I like women, but I wear a bi-flag watch band, bi-flag bracelets. In my classroom, I keep a rainbow flag. It's got Mickey Mouse on it because I love Mickey, but it's got a, a rainbow. My kids know what it means. This is
3: me telling them, I am a safe place to talk without making a big deal out of being queer.
2: The University of Pennsylvania has nominated swimmer dude Will Thomas for the NCAA Woman of the Year Award, and finally a word from Bill
0: Gates. Hello, useless eaters. As your unqualified, non-elected global human health overlord, I'd like to take this opportunity to flaunt my position of power and influence over society and share some of my plans for you and your future. When I amassed my fortune in computer software, I demonstrated that I was willing to lie, steal code, cheat my partners, and exercise monopolistic control to destroy my competitors. Now that I've retired, I can rebrand myself as a humanitarian. With my for-profit foundation, Mass Grading, as a charity, I can advocate for population reduction and sponsor mass human experiments with unproven vaccines in vulnerable populations. Like my father, a powerful banker, eugenicist, and Rockefeller crony himself, it's always been my ambition to decide who lives and, more importantly, how many have to die. Whether it's under the guise of climate change or world health, it's really all about controlling and culling the human herd for fun and profit. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Yikes, yikes. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Tyga Coolers. It is cooler season. We're going to go from summer right into tailgate season here shortly because the college football season begins 40 days from today. But who's keeping track? This guy. (laughs) All right, so to make sure you are prepared with the best coolers in America that are American-made and offer a lifetime warranty and can also be customized. You want to put your kid's football picture on there, baseball picture, whatever you want to do, whatever picture, as long as it doesn't violate copyrights, they can customize it for you when you go to taigacoolers.com and use the promo code STEVE for 10% off. T-A-I-G-A. That's how they spell it there. Tigacoolers.com. Use the promo code Steve for 10% off. And yeah, if you're just looking for a pretty badass cooler, you don't care what's on it, they'll give you one of those too with 10% off with the promo code Steve when you go to taigacoolers.com. All right. Let us get to the montage. Um, I am struggling, struggling. With my outrage, maybe you guys have noticed this would normally be a culture war issue. We'd be all over. I just tweeted something about Martina Navratilova speaking out about, you know, uh, Will Thomas being named uh, or nominated for NCAA Women Athlete of the Year, despite being a guy. But I really haven't said much about this this weekend when really this ought to be the kind of issue like I do an entire, you know, 2000 word column about. But here's why. And, And Todd, I'm asking you this as a father of now a a female college athlete. The fact no one quit the team. No one refused to entertain this charade. No dads spoke up while Will was, you know, destroying a field that uh, as a man, he finished in, what was it, 462nd place or something a few years ago. I, I just... I can't get more outraged about it, given everything else I'm being asked to be outraged about, than the people who are the most directly impacted by this bearded lady act. Is that a lazy take? Does it have merit? I recognize that this is universally insane to evil, regardless of what the reaction of everyone around them is. But I also believe do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. We will always reap what we sow. So if you are willing to take it, then, and one person spoke out in Matt Walsh's documentary, but did so anonymously. I promise you, I must speak out anonymously out of fear of reprisal loses in every history book ever. I promise that does. Never wins. Never wins. In any history book. So if everybody's just going to sit there and take it, Todd, I I just, I got 15 other things right now that, I could put on the front plate uh, for me to get outraged and concerned about, but am I wrong on that? What say you? well, yes and no uh, that was
3: at, largely a correct take during the swim season because while this was happening on all uh, happening all this takes is for the swimmers and the families at Penn all to stop getting in the pool and just make it a swim team of mm-hmm. the, yeah this, but since that time. You have, I mean, you have a wide range of people once it reached the NCAA level. You have some, you have uh, key swim sites and associations coming out against it. You have the gay, uh, one of the... the most prominent gay athletes in history, Martina Navratilova, coming out. You have the the gal for the University of Kentucky, uh, who's been very. Now she was swimming over here doing her thing at Kentucky. She's nominated for Kentucky's version of Woman of the Year because she came out of it when it was her time. You have people like uh, my daughter who rallied around this at, uh, at the time and made an impact okay. here. So it it is, I you and matt walsh have had this take it it is right to the extent that it wouldn't require us it wouldn't require martina navratilova just if you think this is wrong right there which is what we do on our show all the time what do i do what do i do there's something to do in your backyard on some issue that's gone crazy so now that there is
1: there is an opposing movement clearly amassing and it's no longer a localized phenomenon to the cowardice of the people that were participating in an attendance with this farce, right? Yeah. So now you're saying that this has not everything that metastasizes is bad, right? 110 people in an upper room metastasized one day uh, throughout the course of the entire Roman Empire. Okay, so your argument is now that this thing is metastasized beyond this local uh, mass form psychosis, but into a counter movement to speak up against it, we absolutely should uh, join that course. Is that what I hear you saying? I think so. Yeah. All right. I think that's a powerful case. Okay. You corrected me. It was a lazy take. I'm just, I'm losing patience with, well, with the willingness to comply oh. with any of this stuff on any level. You're here. I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. Actually, I'm just, I'm completely out of patience at all. And I've got, I'm, I'm going to turn 50 here in a year. You know, I'm not getting younger. So I'm just trying to prioritize the time I have okay. on things that might actually win. As opposed to just empty, vacillating of of rage and frustration, and in, in, in accordance with people who I can't, who won't even help themselves. Yeah, so what can I do for them? Well, you basically just
3: had Matt Walsh's take when he and uh, J.K. Rowling got into it a little bit on this, and she's against all the this stuff to some extent. But he, she clapped back at him because he said, "I have no sympathy when you won't do anything, and mm-hmm. she, uh, you can't possibly understand the plight of women." And he came back and said, "No, no enough of that." You've been good lately, JK, at not having these excuses. Now you want this excuse? These excuses get us nowhere. This is a time to give zero Fs. Make that school. The University of Pennsylvania, a swim team of one weirdo dude. It's
1: your job there. All right. Let's switch to COVID. So I'm glad we did that, and I'm glad I appealed to your personal experience with this because— I did have a lazy take as I suspected, so I'm glad that you corrected me on that. Let's go to COVID. Was not Naomi Wolf banned from Twitter a year ago for posting testimonials of women talking about how getting the COVID jab disrupted their menstrual cycles? Posting preliminary data data along those lines, asking questions along those lines, making claims along those lines. Is this not why, correct me if I'm wrong, but yep. memory serves, is this not why she was permanently banned from Twitter?
3: Yeah, I just want to re- my answer I had to reiterate my insistence that when you do put up the gallows for this, I won't even need a hood. I'm first in line. I'll
1: pull. Oh, I'm yeah. The guy in the dark night, yeah. when they hand him the switch and he yeah. can't bring himself to do it. No. Don't hand me that switch. I'm I I I'm going to do it without hesitation and then dig up the dry bones of remains and re- yeah. remount them You'll be vis- so you. I can do it again. You'll be Vasily. Vis- hit me, hit me. Yes, it'll be like Danny DeVito in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah. Nest. Hit me, hit me, do it again, do it again. Yes, absolutely. You're lucky I'm not God because I would not be a grace and merciful one. Um, I don't even know my instant reaction when I saw this over the weekend, I didn't have any other reaction other than bastards. I mean, I just don't I... let me pause so I don't completely lose my composure because I was about to, and just ask this question once more. If it was, if it were a purposeful depopulation scheme, what would they have done differently? I'll Wait. It is as silent right now as it was at the end of the footage of Lord Nefarious speaking that I showed at the leadership summit on Friday. Why? Because Lord Nefarious is still speaking. That's why. Now there's talk of Fauci heading towards retirement, which we told you would happen, that he would retire before the the Congress changed over. Chase that Mengele all the way to Argentina. No escape. Only the grave. That's his only escape. Dying. Even then, posthumously go after him. That fiend, that war criminal. 42% of women. Now that's what they're telling us. And if If you've been willing to lie, as they have been for the last 28 months, about things people like me have brought you clear data all along to disprove and show you they were lying, these things are not true. If they were willing to do that with easily disprovable claims, then at this point you should consider they literally are lying about anything and everything else. Everything's a lie. You live in a truthless age That's demonic. You argue with pagans about what the truth is. Demons tell you the truth doesn't exist or it's just an extension of your own thoughts and feelings. Your own personal truth. Or as the great prophets Depeche Mode once saying, your own personal Jesus. Forty-two percent. Forty-two. And that's what they're telling us. What's the number really? Remember that line in our Christmas parody? And they lied. It don't stay in your arm. Remember that line? (laughs) Yeah. You know what the study, you know what the same preliminary studies that they would have banned me for putting on Twitter a year ago that they're now confirming? Because a conspiracy theory these days, it just means news the regime is trying to stop you from ever getting to know, or it's not convenient for the regime to acknowledge it yet. You know what those preliminary studies that were warning us about, what the confirmed studies are telling us now? You want to know what the preliminary studies are showing us now? It not only doesn't stay in your arm and goes into your entire bloodstream, that spike protein, but do you know where it really hangs out? Huh. In the ovaries and testes. That's what they're telling us now. Weird. Weird that for some odd reason of all the places As it makes its way through your circulatory system of all the places for it to rest and reside and concentrate, the spike protein seems to love your ovaries and testes. And in a completely unrelated matter, have you looked at the birth rates in Switzerland and Taiwan recently? So again, I will ask... And considering of all the things I have done over the last 28 months to confront this monstrosity on Twitter, the one thing that got me a suspension was about a month ago when I dropped hashtag depopulation. That was the one thing that got me a suspension. Think about it. From the very beginning, a few of us have been lone voices crying in the wilderness and survived all this time. But when I dropped hashtag depopulation, that's when Twitter gave me a suspension. Hmm. So with that in mind, I'll ask once more, if this were a purposeful depopulation scheme, what would they have done any differently? And I'll add, how would the product have behaved any differently? Which brings us to Debbie Burks and Donald Trump, frankly. If we are going to have Trump 2.0, let me tell you the first question that must be asked. Who's your new public health team and we want names? You've had plenty of time to think about it. Because the last one wrecked your presidency, wrecked our country, wrecked our way of life, wrecked our republic, and we still have not yet recovered from it. And gave us this presidency that every day is a wreck. So give me names. Jerome Adams, simp. Robert Redfield, coward. Anthony Fauci, fiend. Mike Pence quizzling enabler, Debbie Burks war criminal. I mean, you would have figured like one of them would have worked. Hard to go o for o, o for the field. Not a one, not a one. Debbie Burks ought to face a nationally televised. Nuremberg-like trial and if found guilty by capital punishment, hanging by bedazzled scarf for all of us to see every last one of us to watch and enjoy more than we should. I'm going to stop talking, you guys. Say something.
3: Yeah, about that part. What would have been done differently, honestly. Thanos put, had to, he, think what you will about him. He had to put in a lot of legwork to hunt down those infinity stones the first time, you know, lost some blood and treasure. if he had only known it would be this easy. uh he would have taken this route because Steve's absolutely right. uh it, and this wasn't an accident. they they knew about this all along uh we have plenty of
1: reason to believe she's even admitting that she knew all along that she didn't think the vaccines were going to stop transmission or anything else yes i
3: know i i your your willingness to put your life on autopilot in so many different ways sooner or later guaranteed being treated worse than a child that's what happen here when you when you treat somebody like a child oftentimes you still love them it's just you you need to take care of them it's their time to learn something some hard lessons perhaps but there's no level of uh, contempt unless you're uh, part of the trans mom and then obviously you have plans for them but this is treating us worse than children we are simply slaves to these people and we keep showing them that we like it the the, the need for a comeuppance That right there, with Steve pounding on the table, once again, I need to tell you, not rhetorical flourish. In a civilization worth having, we would have done this already. Because we would have simply understood that what just happened was a coup. But we don't understand that. And so I fear we have a lot farther to plummet
2: she admitted as early as july in early she this makes her look bad it makes her look bad she admitted that as early as july of 2020 she knew that the vaccines vaccines were not actually going to be stopping transmission or reinfection she knew that then based on preliminary data from around the world you know what else was circulating preliminary data kind of under this... It was that study from Japan, the preliminary Pfizer study of, from Japan that showed an uptake in spike proteins in ovaries.
3: Hmm.
2: You think she knew that then? We're finding out a lot of people knew a lot of stuff a lot sooner than a lot of us actually figured out. What's the benign, innocent explanation for that? There isn't one. There
1: isn't one. There isn't one. Nuremberg-like trial with Nuremberg-like punishments, and I volunteer to administer them. There is a brand new flavor of Built Bar launching this week, Orange Dreamsicle. So if you like those Orange Dreamsicle popsicles, you can try that new flavor of the greatest protein bar of all time or any of their other phenomenal flavors that are available right now. When you go to Built.com for Built Bar, that's B-U-I-L-T, Built.com for Built Bar. Use the promo code DACE to get 15% off your order, D-E-A-C-E, I promise you. You have never had a protein bar this good. I promise you, you have had only maybe a few candy bars that are this good or better. You won't believe how good they are, especially when you turn over the label and you look at the nutritional value. All the protein and flavor you want, none of the calories, carbs and sugars you don't need. Get it right now when you go to built.com, B U I L T, and I'm I'm picking up more and more on the on the puffs. I was a little slow coming around. Um, but I'm picking up more and more on the puffs, and I can see why a lot of people who don't, you know, want something really chewy. I can see maybe why they like the puffs a little bit better. So if you like the marshmallow covered variety, the just plain old built bars, the granola bars, all of it available right now. When you use the promo code DACE for 15% off at built.com for built bar. All right, um, let's get to what transpired this weekend over at the Family Leaders Leadership Summit. And um, Bob is not here this week. Bob Vanderplatz our buddy, They're, after what they had to pull off over the weekend, they they kind of have the day off. So we've got an empty office building here. So I'll I'll fill in and provide my own thoughts. Let me let me start with the nefarious footage just to get that out of the way. And I know a lot of you are frustrated who couldn't be at the event and are frustrated because trust me, I've heard from a ton of you and. That's good frustration. That would be terrible if you were not frustrated, okay? Believe me, I I want to show you this footage. There there are there are we have had a lot of obstacles to this movie, guys. I mean a lot. Okay? Um COVID nearly killed our directors in the middle of filming it. We've had so many other things happen we haven't even told you guys about. You guys might remember I somehow, you know, this is my company's production. We're funding it. We put up the millions for its budget. And so somehow my company faced a strike in an NLRB complaint in a right-to-work state. I still cannot figure out how that works. How do we face a strike from a union that doesn't exist in a right-to-work state and we're still in Biden's, uh, you know, communist NLRB fighting that one out? All right, that almost ended our production we have had if if you want to get freaked out sometime go online to youtube or you know one of the video places and go find making of videos for like the omen and the exorcist and find out what went on while these films were being made and to try and stop these films from ever coming out i mean movies that honestly give you a pretty realistic gritty snapshot of hell right i mean the one with the omen is nuts like plane crashes and terrorist bombings. I mean, that's friggin' insane. Okay. We've not faced anything quite like that, but we have faced a substantial amount of obstacles to make this film. And we knew going in, we kind of joked about it at first, but this stuff stopped being funny about a year ago. <laughs> All right. Every day the phone rings and it's for, if it's from somebody at believe entertainment, I brace myself. I'm like, Oh no, what next? All right. We just want to finish the movie and we are, close to to getting it completely finished. We're at the final stages of post-production right now. and we are a little paranoid about putting too much footage out there until the movie is done just to see what else the enemy can throw at us and get the drop on us with, okay. And I'm it's not a no, you know I'm I'm contemplating can we put it behind the paywall here at Blaze TV. And would that stop people from lifting it and sharing it, right? You know, so I I want you to see it, trust me, because I also showed it to a lot of my contacts around the country over the weekend and the reaction I got was incredibly enthusiastic. Names you would know in many cases. Um, I was, that were, and I didn't even tell them what the setup was. I just said, hey, just tell me what you think of this footage. And they're like, wow, way above. And consistent refrains were, the quality of the acting uh, the the writing even the look of it um, so I am excited to show it to you believe me we just man whew, this has been a six year ordeal from the moment from the time um, or nearly six years from the time they first contacted me about the movie rights to finishing this movie and, and getting it ready to sign a distribution deal to bring it to market and there have been a lot of obstacles in the last year and a half. And we're all kind of like, we see the finish line, let's just get there, all right? So I'm working on it. I'm sorry about the fact you guys have not had a chance to see it. I'm ecstatic at how much you want to though. And given the reaction, because you're too, am I just getting high on my own supply, right? Getting, given the reaction I have gotten from people uh, and opinions I trust all over the country, you should be excited about wanting to see this footage. So as soon as it is safe, and at this point, I mean like, you know, Dustin Hoffman asking Lawrence Olivier and the Marathon Man, is it safe? That we're, we are, we, we all have PTSD a little bit right now, <laughs> if we're being brutally honest about what it has taken to finish this movie. So, um, we're almost there though. Just let us get to the finish line and then um, the, we will let as much sunshine in as we possibly can. But the reaction in the hall. And for those of you that have never been to a leadership summit here in Iowa, there's a, there's like a thousand people in this. I mean, this is like a CPAC sized crowd. This this is huge. The amount of people that come. And when we showed this five minute scene, we did not show a trailer. It was a scene right from the middle of the movie. And considering, I'd say the majority of this audience is forty and above, horror wouldn't necessarily be the the native genre of this audience. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they There's not, you know, a lot of people know who Sean Patrick Flannery is, but you don't really recognize him as nefarious. You're like, who is that guy? I know that guy. And then when I tell you, you're like, oh. So you didn't immediately look up on the screen and see an instantly bankable star. I mean, there, Kevin Sorbo is not even in this. All right? Because I know know you know I know a lot of you know who that is. So there's nobody that you immediately looked at and thought, oh, yeah, so he's it's got to be good. This guy's in it. And you don't really know the plot. Really, You don't really know how we're adapting the book for a movie. And then to just drop you in the middle of it with an actual scene with all of those things working against us, which we knew going in, that's why we did it. I I always like the bad news first. I always want to tackle the hardest part of the job first. I always want to make it, I always estimate low. These guys that work with me will tell you that I estimate everything low. So... We wa- I wanted, the first time we showed the public footage of this, to have the deck stack against us for the least amount of smoke-blowing potential, if you know what I'm trying to say. Sure. And it was dead silent in the hall during the footage. There were numerous audible gasps I could hear in the crowd as Nefarious spoke, spontaneous gasping, particularly the line that he uses at the very end of the scene, the way we cut that scene. Um, and then the reaction I've gotten from people, I could not have asked for more. I will tell you, my nerves about whether the movie will be good are gone. Completely gone. So now it's just about business. Uh, I think I think we've got the goods. And now I think we have to, now it's about the business and marketing plan. Because it, 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 provided you have good content, the success of a movie then will be more dictated. And same thing with a candidacy in politics name ID. Success is more determined by how many people know you exist than how good it actually is. We're going to get into this in the overtime today in a political context. We've had in this last week, we've had two polls with Ron DeSantis destroying Donald Trump in the Florida primary. Two states, both these guys live there. They're both 100% known. And and so there's no name ID challenge between ron desantis and donald trump like there would be in many other places around the country that desantis has to make up and so that's probably a truer snapshot of where things are at between those two when you remove the name id advantage then what do people really think when they know both of these guys very well they're both very popular in that state and name that just goes to show you the difference in name id in a national poll where DeSantis has 20 points less of name id than trump he trails by Surprisingly, 20 points, right? And so that's the same thing with our movie. We had to make sure it's a good movie first, because if it is, even if a limited amount of people see it at first, the word of mouth will help it from there. But ultimately, now that we've, I think we've got the goods, I'm confident in that. So that's good. I, I won't have to be doing my Goodbye Cruel World podcast from a water tower as I feared last week. Okay. So that's good. That fear is gone. So now it's just about business. How many people... Can, can we make aware of the movie? And that's why we're a little concerned about serving the wine fully before it's time. Any thoughts on that before we move on to the, the other big thing from over the weekend with Tucker Carlson?
3: I told you I knew it was great when I saw it last week. So I'm thrilled that uh, the rea- you got the reaction uh, and that most of all you are at peace with this, which is where you should be. This is well done, good and faithful servant time. And
1: now let the Lord do what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about Tucker. First of all, uh, I saw him at dinner Friday night. And he could not have been friendlier. Could not have been more engaging. Couldn't have been funnier. Um, No pretense at all. Uh, Just... I think he maybe had a couple of people with him, friends. He actually brought some of his like high school friends that he that he has been friends with for like thirty years since they graduated from high school. Bro actually brought them with him. That was his like entourage. It wasn't like you know like um, uh, uh, very VIP keep him away. It was his buddies, um, real dude. And I I loved his talk that he gave. Because it was clear he wanted to do this because he was trying to influence and radicalize the audience that will be very influential a year from now in the first in the nation caucus state. That's why he agreed to do this. He, he went there with the intent to radicalize you. But I got a chuckle out of it because a lot of the things that he wanted to radicalize our audience on are already things that some of us have successfully radicalized this audience on the last 15 years, which is why we've so changed the atmosphere on the ground here. Why it is so, so unique I mean, Iowa went from, in just the last few years, went from a place that, you know, a Republican had won in a presidential election one time since 1984 for 30 years to a state that right now is redder than Texas. It's redder than Texas. It is redder than Texas. But I also love the fact there are still a lot of... Well, we're America bitch, foreign policy people in, in that generation that are still like, well, we just have to be everywhere and do everything. And, and it's the Soviet Union from 1988. And he went hard at the Ukraine thing. And I could tell that was the all the other stuff he said about the GOP hate you and challenging them. These folks have heard me say I've been lecturing and pestering this, them, them on this for 15 years. But where he clearly pressed some people and made them uncomfortable, which I also liked, was on the Ukraine stuff really there are some old veterans of the old 80s era foreign policy and post 9-11 that were kind of squirming in their seats hearing a perspective on here like why are we doing stuff that is actually making putin stronger at our own expense what is the point of this so i loved that where as good as he was at his talk and he was phenomenal it was the private dinner afterwards where he got interviewed by bob And there were a lot of VIPs in this crowd. Our governor was there, for example. And the first question that Bob asked him, he said, you know, I've sensed in you the last couple of years since you got this new show on Fox that that you seem more radicalized. Is that true? Is that kind of in reaction To what you see happening in the culture and listen to this answer he gave guys it was so spot on he said i my dad was a republican operative growing up i grew up in georgetown i've been around the Republican, republican republican party my entire life and the reason why I, when i when i for many years i had a lot of friends who were on the other side despite obvious disagreements is because i could at least see being around politics and politicians i could at least see why people came to conclusions i didn't come to because at least they i could make a case that they could, they could claim that this was going to be better for people than what I thought. Even if I didn't agree with that, I could at least make a case that what, their ideas might be better for people than what I thought. He, he says, what's transpired the last few years in this country is we are doing things that there's no, no, ob, no one obviously benefits from anywhere. It's all dark. This is what he was saying. And I can't reconcile that. As a lifelong politico, I'm, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar, but I'd be crazy if I didn't recognize something spiritual is happening here, he said because we are doing stuff that you, no one politically benefits from our 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 constituents don't benefit from it there's no constituency for this the politicians aren't benefiting from it and so i don't know how else to react to people doing things that there's no obvious beneficiary to but doing them with great conviction other than something else is happening here other than the normal political back and forth and yeah and so I think on our show it requires more of a response than the normal political back and forth what do you guys think of that
3: oh he he he's put, posted this himself uh, so I watched it. It, it it's a fantastic answer his background on his uh, family how he was raised uh, so largely just by his father, uh, what his father believes about no excuses, uh, no whining. I mean, it. He he really got to it, and when he mentioned how he, after talking about that nature, like the people who disgust him the most is Republican leadership uh, these days because of the how much they hold people. Content. He he said that you know it, it drives him. I, I I think he actually said I, I want to. It makes me just want to punch him uh, in in the face. Uh, this this is a guy, and if you listen to both speeches and his notion of the natural man, how, basically it's a summing up of you know what you are supposed to be like when you are created in God's image. From just more of a, he said, "I'm a very instinctual, guttural guy," and I, that's just becoming more honed. Uh, but I I, tr- I trust my gut, and uh, it, it's serving him well uh, right now because uh he just he just does not suffer fools when so many other people that's their default it is how can how can i suffer fools uh, the most i want to be the greatest sufferer of fools uh it's it's really remarkable he's a man in full uh he'll tell he, he, the commonality between him and steve i didn't know his life story Uh, about you know it it was not easy uh all all of the time um but how he is he's willing to tell you his brokenness he's he doesn't want to be just a polished thin veneer he'll he'll let you in it's he's a man for these times
2: that last part of that sentence todd that's kind of the reaction that i had i've only been able to watch about 15 minutes of the speech but I think knowing what time it is doesn't really fit or describe accurately. There's going to be a sifting. There's going to be a sifting, and there's going to be very few people like him, like I. Hopefully, this show, people who really know what time it is and why, and then what to do about it.
1: Hmm. We'll come back with an Ask Me Anything. You're up next. Right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Herzen and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox by emailing the program steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and also Instagram. And then you can check us out on Trump's Truth Social at Real Steve Dace over there, and we'll have some questions, maybe, from uh, Truth Social coming up here in our Ask Me Anything. You can also get uh, clips of the program that are free to watch and free also of any of that dreaded censorship when you head over to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. That's Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Raycon. Their everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. Of all the non-astronomically priced brands I've ever tried, no one does a better job of sealing out outside noise than Raycons do. And they are extremely durable as well. They give you eight hours of playtime on a 32-hour battery life. All these things I just mentioned. Just some of the reasons why there's over 49,000 five-star reviews for Raycon. R-A-Y-C-O-N. R-A-Y-C-O-N. So if you are listening to to us right now with earbuds and you want to upgrade or you want to maybe start doing that or anything else, go to buyraycon.com slash Steve. Yeah, they've got full-size headphones and other things there too. Okay, if you want to try those. Buyraycon.com slash Steve. And when you go there, you'll get 15% off your Raycon order, 15% off your entire Raycon order when you go to buyraycon.com slash Steve slash steve all right let's get to our monday town hall ask me anything of course those of you that leave us questions within your five-star reviews you go to the front of the line for todd's consideration so if you've got a question you'd want to have considered and you want to skip to the front of the line for consideration leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice especially on itunes and you will go to the front of the line no guarantee you'll get picked but you'll be you'll be among the first to at least be considered for that thanks to all of you that have left us five-star reviews and hit the subscribe and follow button as well of course you guys know no subject is off limits i've not seen any of these questions whatsoever because i like snotty questions to hit me cold so let us begin
2: and we will begin with robbie 2009 who says i am a homeschooled eighth grader and my dad gave me permission to ask this the 10th Amendment says if a power is not specifically enumerated to the national government and the Constitution, it's left to the people of the states. The Constitution doesn't give the federal government any power to regulate in any way stuff like education, energy, agriculture, etc. How did that happen? Can this be fixed or does it need to be?
1: Excellent question, Robbie. And you have the innocence and the unvarnished eye of youth. So you are not an adult yet. Where you, where you convince yourself that you have to make compromises every day to get yourself through the day and fulfill your responsibilities, and sooner or later, those compromises just end up piling up, and they just become now your your new normal. You have not, however, been tainted by that yet, so you're asking a very obvious and very honest question. The answer to your question is actually not found in the Constitution. It is found in the Declaration of Independence via a phrase that is used in its glorious and eloquent opening preamble, government by the consent of the governed. And the simple answer to your question is, the governed consented to this government. Your grandparents and parents' generation agreed to this flawed, warped view of things like the Commerce Clause and the General Welfare Clause of the Constitution, that it could essentially be expanded into a good ideas clause or a best of intentions clause. Or uh, because of something must be done clause. And so those generations, they consented to that. And then ultimately, that just became the accepted interpretation of those constitutional principles. Nobody went and looked at things like the Federalist Papers and what they the people who actually wrote this thing actually meant for things to mean. I mean, a great example you didn't even mention, Robbie, a great example is you're probably taught that if someone, no matter what country they're from, comes over the border to America and has a child while they're here, that child is an American citizen because they were born on our soil. And that's what the 14th Amendment, the equal protection of the law uh, portion of the amendment means. Except the senator from Michigan who actually wrote that amendment, he wrote it himself, when it was being ratified was asked about this. Is this what you mean for that to mean? And he said, absolutely not. That's silly. That's dumb. We're only addressing the question of slaves here because they are on their, what, fifth generation of being, you know, inhabitants of this landmass with us. So it's very clear that they get grafted in here, and so that's why the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were passed as a package to push back on the South after the Civil War. Have you ever heard that before? Anybody ever cited what the guy who wrote the 14th Amendment actually meant? I mean, after all, if if it, if 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 the Founders meant for that to mean what the Constitution does, then How come when the French ambassador's wife has a child here, the child's a French citizen and not an American? Because citizenship is not determined by geography, but by jurisdiction. And that's what this Michigan senator said at the time. He reiterated that. These descendants of slaves are here by jurisdiction. The United States, previously under the British government as 13 colonies and now as the United States of America... Consented to grant them jurisdictional access to America. So therefore, yes, their children are American citizens because now they are. They're under the jurisdiction of the U.S. government. But when the French ambassador has a child, that French ambassador is here under the jurisdiction of the French government. So he or she is a French citizen. But we just consented to the so-called anchor baby phenomenon for so many years that now here we are. Because, and this is something very important, Robbie, for your generation to understand. And this is what John Adams meant when he said the Constitution was only made for a moral and religious people. The Constitution will not restrain human behavior. Human behavior, once restrained, writes a Constitution. The Constitution isn't the Bible, it doesn't transform people, it's not divinely inspired. There's no power in it. Power only comes from it. But there's no power inherent within it. And the power that comes from it derives from the government consenting to being governed by it because the governed insist upon it. But in the last few generations, the governed have not insisted upon it. The governed have insisted upon getting a Social Security check, having Medicare pay for their bills having an open border, having judges make law, having government do for things that they could have done for themselves and previous generations of this country did. So now here we are. And that's why ultimately, if you want to go back to a constitutional republic, brother, you're going to have to return the people back to being moral and religious.
2: Excellent answer. Next, from R.T. Collins, 68, who says, I read a book by Michael Heiser called Unseen Realm. He is a Hebrew scholar who did his dissertation on Psalm eighty-two, one. He's a believer in Christ and the gospel. The gods in this verse he calls Elohim are disembodied spirits in God's original family. He states the Trinity reference is false in Genesis When states, let's create man in our image, God is actually talking about the divine counsel, not the Godhead. Thoughts? Never heard that in my life.
1: I don't know what to say. Never heard that in my life.
2: You had a submission on Truth Social claiming, not claiming, asking your thoughts on the theory that an angel mentioned in Revelation is actually John Wycliffe.
1: Never heard that in my life. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Never heard that in my life. Here's what I can tell you from the very beginning of the church. Believers baptized new believers in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus commanded. Jesus himself claimed to be God before Abraham was, I am, and numerous other examples. There are entire books of the Bible To deny Jesus's divinity, you will have to erase. Like the opening of the Gospel of John, for example, the entire book of Colossians, you'll just have to complete, which was written as a purposeful, what we call Christology, to challenge those who denied the, uh, the divinity of Christ, that Christ is God incarnate. He is God, that the God that told the Israelites to go into Canaan and be an urban renewal program is Jesus. And that the manifestations you see of this angel of the Lord or some other things in the Bible in the Old Testament are what are called theophanies, pre-incarnate visions of Christ. So this was practiced and believed from the very beginning by the early church. Which is why it is one of the very few doctrines that have been carried forth through schisms and splinters through the, the Greek Eastern Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church dividing, through the Protestant Reformation. These are, these are arms and vestiges of Christianity that have literally at times gone to war with each other on battlefields. And yet this doctrine through all those other disagreements, is the Pope infallible? Is it sola scriptura? Is there a magisterium? Who should be pastors? Should we be involved in politics or government? things that the church has debated within itself from the very beginning this though would not be one of them so if your argument is that you have discovered some secret answer that made all of these vestiges of the christian church that had that have proven over 2000 years i mean isn't one of the article one of the greatest criticisms of Christianity is? Why do you have so many denominations? Why do you have so many sects? Why are there so many versions of the Bible? I mean, there's answers to all those, those things, but aren't, is that not a common pushback sure. from, the, from, the, from, the, from the layman of the world for thousands, for going on a second millennia? And so all of a sudden, those same people that you like to push back on us and point out how eager they were to divide themselves over what they thought Christ meant, But when it came to the Trinity, they just decided to let that one slide. Come on, man. Nope. Nope. There's a reason why on that one, they all agree. They can't agree on Easter. They literally all have a different date of Easter. They can't agree on that. But on that one, they can agree. Why? Because you're wrong. (laughs) That's why. Because you're wrong. You didn't discover something secret. You're just wrong.
2: That's why. Next up, we go to Nurse Jules 73 By the way, these first three questions and the one after this, these are five-star reviews on iTunes. Okay. I'm a wife and mom of two teenage boys and two teenage girls. What does my husband need from me besides sex, although there may be thoughts on that subject as well, to be a warrior? What do my sons need from me? What do I need to impart to my daughters to help them build up the boys and men around them now and in the future?
1: Excellent question. Men are very reward and result oriented creatures. I don't, I don't need to know anything about your sons at all or your husband at all to know that this is how they think. What is the game? What are the rules? Who is keeping score? How do I win? Every male that's ever existed on this planet in 6,000 years of recorded human history... Every, every, everyone that was within his right mind and of sound mind and body assessed every situation they were ever in from the, from the moment that they could control their own cognitive ability an age of reason until the moment in, in life when they got older that they could not or died. Every situation between those two points, I mean, everyone, whether to ask a girl out, whether to apply for a job, what to have for dinner, every situation. Regardless of custom, language, origin, irrelevant. Technology, irrelevant. Broke every one of those decisions down by these four parameters. What is the game? What are the rules? Who's keeping score? How do I win? Period. We're all the same. We are results and reward-oriented creatures. Whatever you incentivize of us, you will always get more of. Whatever you disincentivize of us, you will get less of, period. We are different from you. It's not that we're non-emotional. We can be very emotional. But our emotions tend to be the results of a situation, not the, the premise of it. Meaning, we don't require an emotional connection to have sex with you. I don't need to like my job to enjoy the paycheck he gives me. We're not, that, that doesn't mean we're better or worse than you. We're just different. You guys are wired different than us. You tend to, you tend to enjoy and see things. I see the way my wife and I vet candidates. Can I trust that person? I'm like, what have they done? Then I'll determine if I can trust him or not. He has no resume. I don't care. Not here for a buddy. She doesn't see it that way. She's like, well, I don't know that I, they can get any results if, if I don't trust them on a personal level, if there's not a connection. Women are primarily relational-driven creatures. Men are primarily results- and reward-driven creatures. So think about, what do you want? And that was interesting that you brought sex into the equation, all right? Because that could certainly be part of it, incentivized. Hey, honey, you go out there and fight for what's right for 18 holes. You come home, I'll show you the 19th. Absolutely, that works. We are results- and reward-driven creatures, period so whatever you incentivize in your boys allow permit you will get more of allow uh, slovenly behavior laziness I promise you'll get more of it. he's a son of Adam he will very seldomly just decide you know being a Slavs bad I shouldn't do it no he'll just permit it so you'll get more of it men and young young boys or men whether it's your husband or small children uh, if they possess a penis, to be challenged on the basis of the results you want from them. Not the connection. That might be what you want from them as a woman. But you didn't ask me that. You asked me how to motivate them. Motivate them on what motivates them. And what motivates them is results. Reward. There is no one in all of this world, no human being, that that the, the penis possessors in your family want the approval of more mom or wife than you no one no one and there's not a close second except maybe his mama your husband's so give it when they're good don't when they're bad start there anybody else have any thoughts on that
3: well i I, I, interesting enough as uh you're curious about raising your own you have boys and uh, girls but how you raise daughters uh to that effect and i think about that as a father uh of daughters listen make sure that all of them understand that being a male as i've said before being a man is not a leisure pursuit we talked last week about uh i don't even remember which day thursday or friday but listen Uh, the things, uh, of life that are supposed to be dessert have been made the main meal. And, and, and that's why you just have a bunch of men who are men almost only to the extent that they have a penis and, and nothing else. They are striving to be as comfortable as humanly possible as your mother. Don't let your boys be comfortable as, uh, a mother of your daughter's warn them off of boys who seek nothing other to be comfortable in many 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 ways like if they are, are they just worried about being popular that's just a dire desire for the thinnest form of comforter uh, ability are they uh, do they have any level of fear danger physicality in their life it doesn't all have to be do they play on the football team uh hunting uh, farming what comes with that there are many ways that can be lived out but are they do they understand that even even if it's not their favorite thing in the world they understand it's necessary and to the extent that they may or may not you make sure you impart it on them you do the fact that we have let we, there was just statistics last week about how depressed Americans are they're depressed is because they're way too comfortable that's the the the, the paradox the irony of this all they're way too comfortable. They have everything. They've, in, in, and yet they are depressed because that's, you can't really have everything like you think you can if God is at the bottom of that everything. He must be paramount. And to the extent that that comes through in a male's life, you must challenge yourself daily, mind, body, and soul
2: say specifically when it comes now this time but I, i'm speaking as somebody who is a son of uh, of a mother i would say specifically you i don't think moms to boys specifically realize how much of a role they can have actually in shaping and shaping a, an actual man and young man there are ways where you can uh, gracefully but in a way that uh, that the dad is never going to be able to kind of grab your sons, especially as they get older in the teen years and and, uh, and, you know, 11 years old and up or so, I would say, kind of grab them by the short hairs and call them out to be the man that they're supposed to be in ways of uh, why didn't you uh, what have you done to take a risk recently? What have you done to be uncomfortable recently? Uh very, very subtle ways that you have available to not make them feel small, but to say, Hey, uh, mom expects more. Mom you were expects, made for this, yeah, more out of me yep. than this. Uh, you have a way of doing that that dads can do, but uh, we're more you and I, uh, men, we're, we're more confrontational. Okay, we're more confrontational. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. But there are ways that you can uh, uh, that you can call out your sons in ways that we're just not naturally uh, able to do.
1: Great example of what you're talking about just happened in my house this morning. I get a call on the way to the gym, and it's my son, and he hit a new weightlifting goal during uh, preseason workouts for football. Now, here's the thing, though. Here's the way we're wired as men. My first question is, well, what is it? Huh? Okay, are you as far along as you think you should be? That's, that's what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yep. We're always Because th- I'm going to think of, okay, well, cool, but don't rest on that because tomorrow's a new goal, right? Instead, though, look at the way he prefaced it was, you know, I got in the car and I told mom and she says, wow, that was really impressive. And I should call and tell you. And so now I know that, oh, I need to not see this as a typical male reaction. Like, oh, I guess I thought you might be further along or, well, what's your next goal to, hey, great job because he got that affirmation for working hard from his mom that you're talking about Mm -hmm. right his mom said hey that's very impressive man you should definitely let your old man know that's kind of goes to the point that you were just trying to make there that's well said before we continue on um, you know you have 360 places from your neck down to your feet all throughout your body called joints and they are crucial to maintain an active lifestyle but as we get older they can become little hubs and receptors for inflammation that's why you're looking for an all natural and effective anti-inflammatory that is backed by going on three decades of clinical research and almost three years of me daily using called omega xl and if you want to try it today i don't leave without it i use it every day go to omegaxlcom slash steve that's omegaxl.com slash Steve. And you can get buy one bottle, get a second one for free today at omegaxl.com slash Steve, or you can call them at 800 844
2: 4888. Final five star review question from M. Drogo, who says Many years ago, I stopped watching anything demonic in almost all horror movies because I didn't want to open my mind, body, and soul or psyche. To those influences. This naturally dovetails into your new movie. I want to watch it but it might break my rule. Can you talk about inviting the demonic and whether I could or should watch your movie?
1: I think this is an excellent question and um, I've written quite a few books here in the last five years. Nothing and it's not even close. Nothing took more time than writing a nefarious plot did. And it's simply because I I needed to take weeks and months sometimes away from the character because I wasn't comfortable with how comfortable I was stepping into those shoes. That that made me uncomfortable. It seemed like too natural for me to go there. So I completely and totally understand it. I've run into people who said I had to put the book down. It made me uncomfortable. I, you know... um, Here's what I can tell you about the film. Is... We literally had an, 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 a Vatican-approved exorcist on set every day we made this film, every single day. The, the story and the script was written with this challenge in mind because we're not interested in inviting it in, in either. And so how do you tell the truth about what evil is in a way that's compelling enough that it will literally scare the hell out of people as opposed to the one-dimensional way we often portrayed in quote-unquote Christian movies, which affects our own ability to tell a story, right? Okay. And that's why a lot of times some of the most effective ways of telling the story is to do it allegorically, right? So what's the what's this ring of power that Tolkien came up with that can't be rehabilitated? It can't be reformed. It Everything, when men wield it, every time they touch it, 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 it corrupts them and everyone around them. And then it has to be thrown into a refiner's fire what's that an allegory for human nature right so instead of the devil Aslan fights a white witch right so that's one method we've used of storytelling um, to get around the dilemma brother that you are articulating we did the best job we could making this movie for that not to occur But I'd be sitting here lying to you if I told you that there was no risk of it at all. And if you have struggled with that in the past, if you've struggled with occultic, if you have that kind of a background or anything, you may want to reconsider that this is not something, you know, there's a reason I don't judge swimsuit competitions. That's probably not something I should be, you know, uh, even innocently taking part in. You know, we all have our weaknesses and the areas where we need to be self-aware that it's very easy for the enemy to get his vile clutches into us. And if this is one for you, then... We did our best to be as honest without glorifying as we can, but it may not be for you. That's a great question.
2: Uh, we will go to truth social questions next, but before we go to break, a uh, question for me. So you pointed out to us in our text thread over the weekend that Thor at the box office just oh, takes yeah. this last weekend. Yep. What impact, if anything, will this have on the future of, of the MCU?
1: It'll It'll be very fascinating because it had a strong open, but it, it, it also is going to be out at a time now that there is more competition like Top Gun had not come out. The, the same kind of thing happened with the with the uh, uh, Doctor Strange film. It didn't quite have as big of a drop, but a bigger one than they were anticipating in week two. But there wasn't a lot of competition in theaters there, there will be right now. Okay, And so a 70% drop-off is pretty steep. It's one of the worst second weekend drop-offs of any Marvel film ever. So it had one of the biggest openings of a Marvel film, and then it had one of the biggest drop-offs of a Marvel film. And that tells you that the word of mouth is not very good. It's not something that people are interested in watching from a repeat viewing. It also tells you that if the movie had been made about some other, you know, with the exact same subject matter, but without bankable Uh, MCU names or Chris Hemsworth there's no way it would have had the opening that it had last week so um, they're claiming that uh, the Miss Marvel show is the highest rated show yet uh, that Disney Plus has produced for Marvel it's also by far the least watched they have a problem I don't Now we can all sit here and debate what the link, what the extent of the problem is. And there's probably every other movie studio would love to probably have the problems that Marvel has right now, but the idea that it was an untouchable brand and that it would just go on for perpetuity and it could do whatever it wanted to do. Any subject matter, it could pervert anything it wanted to, it could throw anything out there and just slap the, you know, the Marvel collage intro at the beginning, you know, the, the wipe at the beginning. And it, it, it was the Midas touch. I think we are learning that that is not the case. What is its floor? How low can it go? I don't know. But I, I I think even more than the woke stuff, which is annoying. But the brand of Marvel is interconnected mm-hmm. universe with a, that's going somewhere. And we're now at, we're at the very end of phase four. We've had all these shows, and there's not a hint of any purpose. It's all very random. Like I read, I didn't watch any of Miss Marvel. I read at the end they announced that she has the X gene. So she's a mutant, the first X-Men reference. Like in the show nobody watched in the show nobody watched we're just we're just like doing stuff randomly that'll kill people even more than the woke stuff will if they feel like it's going nowhere back with more in a moment For those of you that just tuned in, you're wondering about the shirts we're wearing today. If you missed it at the top of the show, Katie Price, her family, um, they are big listeners to our program. And uh, she is fighting a form of bone cancer right now. Uh, And parents aren't even sure the fight will be won by the time she would get to go to high school this fall. She's into sports, her church. Salt of the Earth family, and uh, we thought, let's pick up the shirts, let's wear them today. She started her her rehab uh, on June the twentieth, and she's got surgeries and other things. Uh, awaiting her in a very difficult battle. So we wanted to wear these shirts today uh, that say Team Katie on them uh, just to encourage her and her family from West Virginia, hence the colors from the Mountaineers, and just encourage her to go out there and uh, win the fight of her her life and win the race and to just show support for the family as well. Let them know that uh, they're not alone. You're also not alone if you go with our friends over at Alliance Defending Freedom. We have a policy on our show not to... Uh, to try not to anyway, directly ask you to donate to something that we ourselves have not donated to. That's why I've got no issue with directly asking you to donate to ADF because I have donated to them because they have a phenomenal track record, uh, including the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade. They were involved in that. They have a phenomenal track record of a lot of cases going all the way to the Supreme Court where our God-given rights and liberties are paramount. And so if you want to make a tax-deductible donation to them because they represent all their clients for free for pro bono, All right, so if you want to make a tax-deductible donation so they can keep fighting the good fight, go to ADFlegal.org slash Steve, AD as in David, ADF as in Frank, for Alliance Defending Freedom. ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Again, that's ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Let's continue with our Ask Me Anything. Aaron.
2: We now move on to truth social questions. First up is East Roman who asks... What are the concrete signs, or what is the metric by which we know that we are beyond peaceful democratic means of solving the modern crises? If we ever got there, would you say so live on the air? Uh, yes, I would.
1: Um, and I will tell you, I think we're almost there, and that's why I am increasingly getting radicalized. I mean, I'm just flat out saying it, speaking engagements now that I've done around the country. we, The idea... That the people who own over 200 million guns are just gonna stay in their homes for evs, not have their votes count, chest bind my daughters, castrate my sons, and 15% inflation. But m- Ukraine, nope, you won't. There has never been a peaceable transfer of wealth, liberty, and prosperity from one human culture to another, or from one sector of a human culture to another in all of human history. And there never will be. That'll never peaceably happen in mass, ever, on an institutional level. It'll never happen peaceably. So, I mean, I'm not just sitting here because I think that, I'm not just saying for effect that I believe we're running out of time to peaceably confront this process. And we're going to leave our children and grandchildren, I mean, my children, one of them is getting married this fall. Don't worry, she picked Michigan's bi-week. And I've got two more approaching adulthood. So I'm not talking like these aren't toddlers and I'm talking about like 10 or 15 years. I'm talking like in 10 or 15 months. I'm concerned, very concerned. But these things also tend to kind of just happen sporadically. There were lots of skirmishes here and there with redcoats, protests, and then like Lexington and Concord just kind of happened sporadically. The guns of August kind of went off sporadically. Fort Sumter sporadically, meaning that I probably won't have to say it on the air. It'll happen, and then we'll be we'll be on the air reacting to it. It almost happened a few years ago, I believe, in a Virginia ball field. The last time I was on CNN, I went on there and said that. If Scalise, because he had security detail as a member of the leadership, if he if he for any reason decided he didn't have time to go play a softball game that day and didn't show up, they'd be dead. Like Rand Paul, a bunch of others that have been carried out in body backs. And I think that could have been your Franz Ferdinand moment. So history also shows that not only do these, do people peaceably just hand over their way of life. They don't. It also shows though, that when, when the moment that it's no longer peaceable happens, it just tends to happen. Like it's not announced. It just happens. And a lot of times when something is announced, the person who does the announcing really had no idea the links it would go to after their announcement. Like when Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door, he had no idea this was going all the way to Rome stat. So I'm not worried about telling you when that moment occurs. Cause I think it'll just occur. Like we don't sit around and game plan that out. Right? Like when right. did we, I, I think we just think it'll happen. These things just tend to happen Spontaneously, I think I kept saying sporadically. I meant to say spontaneously.
2: Next up, let's go to Gusty 97, who says, I have a high school senior who has been interested in the Air Force ROTC as part of his college experience. I'm fighting an inter- inner battle. We all have concerns against the fear of putting him in this current military environment, even if we can find a college that suits our needs on Vax, morals, curriculum, faith. What are your thoughts about the timeline of possibly swinging away from this woke military back to one of readiness and competence? Vax not required until commission, or that would be about three years away.
1: I, I think, at a minimum, um, I would. I mean, we just had we just had the military in response to the Dobbs decision announce that it's going to defy that on military bases and still perform baby kills. Didn't they make that announcement I thought I saw? Uh, I did not see it. Yeah, I, I think that they said they weren't going to abide by it. I, I, I don't want to dissuade that we, we, have, we have given a lot of airtime to the battle to help our military personnel fight these immoral and evil jab mandates that clearly violate the Uniford Code of Military Justice because they're still for emergency authorization. It's a clear violation of the UCMJ. Which is why, though, I must say, I'm not entirely optimistic. Like, there was a Trump judge, I think, on Friday. Was it the Navy or the Air Force's mandate that he attempted to halt? I mean, people forget. We talked about it on our show. But do you remember when Trump announced that we were not going to have trainees in the military? Mm. He's the commander-in-chief, man. And the military just said, yeah, we are. So, I... On the one hand, we're all doing, I've done, as I've donated to these legal groups, my own money. I've donated my airtime to them. I've done everything I can do to help the cause of stopping this from happening in the military. But I'm never going to lie to you. Even if you, quote unquote, win these cases, I think you should accept the possibility that the current military brass will just do this anyway and not care. Because it's not about military readiness. Well, not in the way you think. It's about military readiness to fire on you. So we got to get rid of all the critical thinkers. We got to get rid of all the people that will say, here I stand, I can do no more. May God have mercy on my soul. I can't do that. I can't burn the village to save it. My oath, was, my oath here was to so help me God. And the law of God therefore says, I, I can't commit these kind of heinous acts. They're not justified. It's not a just war. I can't do them. They want to get rid of all those people. That's what this is about. So that when the time comes, this is a perfect follow-up to the previous question, by the way. I don't know if you guys did that intentionally or not. Yes. It's the perfect follow-up. So when the time comes of the previous email or the previous question we got from Truth Social, when that time comes, they know. Remember when you guys told me live on the air in 2020 and it blew my mind? Steve, have you stopped and thought about the fact that Trump doesn't send in the military to stop these mass riots and protests because he's not a hundred percent convinced that they would even listen to him. If he did remember when you told me that Yeah. live on the air and it like froze me. Yeah. Remember this? Yes. Okay. I do. All right. Well, let's stick with that theme for just a second, right? They're purging everybody that they don't know when they send, when they send them in, when you guys with your 200 million guns have decided, yeah, we're not chest binding our daughters and letting them get anally raped in high school locker rooms anymore. And we're not castrating our sons with chemicals that you give to sex offenders. We're not doing that anymore. While you also pile on the inflation and in mill Ukraine. We're not doing that. So lock and load. Enroll the tanks. And they'll make sure that everybody piling in those tanks are willing to fire on you. That's what this is about. And by the way, if you work for Media Matters or any of those companies, please, unlike when I'm on Tucker show... It's DACE, thank you, D-E-A-C-E, that's what this is about. And since that's what this is about, reason and law and precedent and readiness go out the window. Their definition of readiness is, are you willing to attack our worst threat, Americans who think for themselves, people who cling to their, bitterly cling to their guns and their Bibles. So I think you should contemplate that. If you are enlisting now, you should consider that the odds are very low that you will retain any level of bodily autonomy at all. You should accept going in. Don't lie to yourself. Don't do what parents did for the last 30 years. My kids are evangelizing in the government schools. No they're being evangelized there because Todd still goes to the school board meetings by himself because many of the parents who said those things never showed up and still don't so no the only evangelism that was going on was from the spirit of the age to your kid not the other way around don't think you're going to go in that go in there knowing in advance you are an experiment your body doesn't belong to you on any level And they're going to experiment on you with a spiked protein that loves your ovaries and testes, loves them. Can't get enough of them, in fact. Just know that going in. And if you still think that's okay, then that's on you. But don't lie to yourself that anything else is possible, at least not until January of 2025. Just know that going in. Again, I'm not your mama, I'm your daddy. So I'm going to tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. I'm not here to pet you, nurture you. You're enlisting to be an experiment. That's what you're enlisting into. Not to be all you can be or any of that kind of stuff. You're a cadaver with a uniform. That's what you are. So as long as you know that going in and your odds are very remote that over the next few years, you will retain any level of bodily autonomy whatsoever just make your decision based on the truth of what is true, not what you project or pretend to be. Any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, until you see consequences, and that's not going to happen until a Republican is in the White House. Uh, heads, heads need to roll. I, I, I would absolutely hit the ba- pause button on this. And by consequences, I, I mean an entire... Lots of people who are in the military currently need, be, need to be told, you're done here.
1: Lots yeah, of people. Absolutely. Now, let me say this. We're still, all the way to the end, going to fight for everybody that's enlisted and their yeah. freedoms and values as much as we can. Okay? We got your back. But I'm not, I'm not going to sell you you know, a line here. The the likelihood is higher that you're giving your body over to be experimented upon than it is that you're going to that you're willing that you're willing to give it over to die for some valiant cause. Okay, you just need to know that going in. If you still make the choice to go and they try to do this to you and you want to fight, you want to come to us. I'll direct you to the best people I know. I'll help you the best I can. Just know going in, though, you're on defense and don't believe anything else than you're on defense and salvation ain't coming at least until January 2025, and that's if they don't steal the next one, too. Okay? Just know that. See, this is like
3: where we started off the show with the swim team. Like, in, you, all of you folks who are interested in the military for nostalgic reasons or duty and honor reasons, you, you should not be signing up in large numbers. There needs to be a yo moment, and you can give it to them, just like the girls refused to give it to him by not jumping in the pool. This is a moment to not... Put your hat in the ring. Everybody needs to see the concern.
1: Our friends over at Real Estate Agents, uh, I trust, know that uh, this is not the ideal moment to put your hat in the ring in the real estate market either. But sometimes you just can't help it. You've got a job transfer. You're like, you know what? I, I know you told me to leave this blue state a year ago. I'm getting out now and I need help. No matter what the reason is, wherever you want to move to or, in some cases, get away from, we can help you find an agent with a fully vetted track record of success when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com. This was a company started by Glenn Beck and several of his associates after they kept running into agents they could not trust, and they don't want that to happen to you. So make sure, before you make a commitment, you at least check us out at com. Again, that's com.
2: Any final thoughts? You have a final quick question. Uh, let's see. Quick final question. Uh, yeah, this one. Actually, I want to get this to this one. Brady Krieger says, out of all the big reveals about COVID, which one do you believe is the biggest one to date? If it wasn't, or if it were,
1: a purposeful depopulation scheme, what would they do differently?
3: Yeah, it's how much they knew from the get-go mm-hmm. on multiple fronts mm-hmm. so this was it's it's not a uh, oops fog of war it it's way worse than that steve just got talking about being experimented on bingo
1: yeah i do you guys remember very early on we did a show behind the paywall in the overtime on a, a documentary called plandemic do you guys remember yeah. this yeah of course Remember, I think we thought at the time, "Wow, I mean, we could see this being true, but this is pretty radical stuff, right?" <laughs> Those were the days. It was a simpler time in April of 2020. Could you imagine watching that now? Would be like, "Come on, man, that's so two years ago. It's passé." That would be my answer. Any final thoughts?
2: What do we, you know, what do we, what do we say? At some point, I want to start laughing. At some point, I want to start, at other points, I want to start cracking skulls. When you're surrounded and you're confronted by this level of, of darkness everywhere you go, um, take advantage, even on a daily basis, of the times you get to spend with your family. Just uh, being a family. You know, because if you're listening to the show, you you probably follow these types of things fairly closely. What have you? I, I love the line that you've talked about, and um, you might have dropped it right uh, uh, earlier in the show when discussing um, writing nefarious plot. You start to stare into the abyss; the abyss starts to stare back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Have to remember to keep first things first, and those first things are obviously your your convictions and and principles, but also your family as well, and. Be sure to take some time out and and thank the Lord every day for those blessings. Mm. Great stuff, guys. We're going to stick around and do the
1: overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. One more time, Katie, keep hope alive. We got your back. We're back at it again tomorrow. Noon to 2 Eastern right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.